0: Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison.
1: Today is Wednesday, the 27th of January in the new year of 2021. And today's show is packed. But before we get to it, I'd like to introduce Big Game USA. Big Game manufactures footballs for many high school and college programs and they make them right here in Dallas, Texas. Finding the right kicking ball that will be used during the season is tough, but now you can call up those boys over there at Big Game who will hook you up just like they did for me at LSU and Rice. To receive 10% off your order, please go to biggameusa.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click Kicker Footballs. Enter the promo code SIMPLEKICK2021. Again, that is SIMPLEKICK2021 for 10% off your kicking footballs. Are you kicking the ball as far as you'd like? If not, and you're looking to improve your leg strength, check out the Alpha Project on Instagram or alphaprojectdallas.com.
0: One of the things we keep talking with our kids about is the best way to position yourself for college is to succeed in high school. Uh, So let's stay in this moment here. Let's not worry about, you know, College scholarships, or where you're going to go, and whether it's D1 or anything else, and all too. Let's worry about succeeding here, and the rest of that stuff will take care of itself.
1: You're on a mission to reach some sort of goal or dream, and there have been guides along the way who have helped you. Regardless of where you are on your own journey, kick back and listen to the stories, wisdom, and fun from Coach Sterniolo. Lee, hit the theme.
0: Welcome to Simple Kicking with your host, James Harrison.
1: Joe Sterniolo is the assistant kicking coach at Westminster in Atlanta, Georgia. And after polling my Instagram followers, the overwhelming majority, about 90%, believe that there are less than 1% of high school coaches that have a kicking coach. And so here is one of the 160 coach coaches sterniolo also known as coach sterno how did you become a kicking coach at a high school when they're basically non-existent Um,
0: kind of fell into it a little bit i have a background as a football statistician i worked for at the time the atlanta falcons now i work for the nfl Uh, i worked for georgia tech i worked for the university of georgia southeastern conference things like that um when my daughter started at Westminster, I went in to see uh, the head football coach and I only have one child, it's daughter. So obviously I don't have a football player in the family. I went to see the head football coach and showed him the stat packages that we did for the Falcons and such and said, you know, yeah. I could do this for you too, if it's any help. And he goes, what's it cost? And I said, I don't know, a shirt, a hat, you know, maybe a sweatshirt or something. He said, you're hired. So, I was hired as a statistician to start. And, um, it's funny. I never played football past eighth grade. I I was a soccer player through high school and played on a club team in college. And, um, so I just started, started gravitating toward the kickers, you know, during practices and, uh, I'd start watching them and see, you know, what they were doing and see some, you know, even with an untrained eye, I could see some obvious flaws, and uh, just kind of started helping the kickers, and went, "Wow, they're they're." I kind of enjoy this, so I did everything I could to learn everything I could about kicking, and and uh, it it developed into you know this regular role.
1: It's a regular role in a talent hotbed, and here's why: over the past twenty years, you've had over a dozen kickers and punters that are either in the NFL they're in D1 or D2 that's insane
0: we've got kids that that love to do it um success breeds success so as you get you know a couple that are successful other kids start saying wow that's something that I think is kind of cool I I just want to go do that um most of my kickers have been great athletes and could certainly play other positions um but they want to concentrate on kicking. Um, Charlie Ham, who's now at Duke, um, when he was a freshman, he said, my goal was to leave here with a D1 football scholarship. I said, all right, big boy, then let's get to work. And uh, he's now kicking for Duke. Um the fraternity that they have with each other is incredible, and and that's they they cheer for each other, they help each other, and that includes everything from you know Harrison Bucker coming back from the NFL to help the kids, and and um, to to helping you know we'll bring the freshmen over, we'll bring eighth graders over during varsity practice, and,
1: and it sounds like kicker you has this culture of, Hey, I help you. You're helping me coach Sterno's here to offer his, his help. Is, is that kind of what this kicker you is all about?
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's one of the things that we, that we talk about, you know, the very first day of practice every year. And it's, it's funny. I'm not sure what the first day is anymore. Cause it's almost a year round thing these days. Um, but we are very supportive of each other. Um, yes individuals go out there and do what they do and and you know receive accolades and all too but as far as i'm concerned we receive it as a group and everybody is supportive of each other and sure you're fighting for positions but you're also doing everything you can to help the guy that's that's there next to you too and i don't care if he's a senior or a freshman or what it doesn't matter let's
1: talk about probably the most notable name that's come through kicker you harrison bucker
0: unbelievable kid uh, started the spring of his freshman year uh, Harrison had never been a football player Harrison was an all-american soccer player uh, also played on our high school basketball team and you know great athlete um, but the freshman his freshman year, we were in need of a kicker the following year, the kid that had kicked for us the previous year, a kid named Jeff Oser, uh, who's now in med school at Tulane University or graduated from med med school at Tulane. Um, said, coach, I know this guy, he's in the band with me. He's a tuba player, just like I am. And uh, he plays soccer, I think he could be pretty good. And uh, I said, well, talk to him, let's get him out here. And I was a little hesitant about him playing football. And uh, at the time, I was also helping the soccer team a little bit just from the from the press box. I was the PA announcer and running the clock, things like that. And Harrison's mom happened to be sitting in front of the um, press box one day saying, yeah, they want Harrison to play football, and I'm just not real sure about it. You know, that's he's never been a player, and I'm, I'm a little concerned about it. And, and I stuck my head out the window and said – let me introduce myself. Um, and Ms. Bucker and I have become great friends and very close ever since then. And then obviously that brought Harrison out. So he only made a week of practice that first year because they were in the state championships in soccer. So he made a week of practice that spring and decided it was kind of fun and uh, came back out the following year as a sophomore. Uh, and as a sophomore, he wasn't even our field goal kicker. Uh, He he was still working on accuracy at that point. Um, He was strong, so he did all of our kickoffs. Uh, He moved into uh, being our field goal kicker, our full-time field goal kicker his sophomore year when he went 16 for 17. His only miss that year was from 59 yards. Uh, He worked incredibly hard, but has the absolute perfect mental makeup for a kicker as well, too.
1: Even at a young Um, age, he he had that mindset
0: absolutely absolutely he he wants the game to be in his hands he he begs for that opportunity but at the same time you know if he misses a kick he'll learn from it and he'll move on he doesn't let it eat him he it doesn't stay on his mind um you know i've mentioned before that you know when he did go to the nfl his, he missed his very first field goal monday night football the chiefs are playing the at that time, Redskins, now the Washington football team. uh, He missed his very first field goal that night. Uh, Went to the sideline, and Coach Reed's looking at him, and he looks over and goes, I got this, Coach, and went on to set a NFL record for rookies for the number of consecutive field goals that he made after that. Um, That's just, it's his mindset, and it is the absolute perfect mindset for a kicker. If you miss a kick, great, learn from it, but move on and let's worry about the next one let's not worry about the last one
1: you've got a young man who is your second stanford commit that you've had and when i asked him over a dm this is connor wesselman i said hey look man how's coach sterno helped you and he said you know what james he's really helped me with my mental game
0: Uh, the mental side of it is i mean i've often said that Kickers don't miss kicks by more than six inches and it's the six between their ears. Uh, <laughs> that's, it's just, you yeah, know, they have the ability. I mean, unless I'm asking you to go beyond your physical range, you know, every kicker I've got has made 40 yard field goals. So If you're in a game, if you're going to miss a 40 yard field goal, it's because, you know, you didn't line up properly. There was a bad hold. There was some other reason. It's not because you don't have the physical ability to do it. So part of it is building confidence. Um, That is a huge part of it. I mean, all these kids want to go out there and, you know, go to practice and start blasting 50 yard field goals in practice and all to like, that's great. But how often are we going to do that during a game? Let's get up here. Let's start with extra points. Let's work our way back. Let's do 25s. Let's do 35s. We have a goal on our team that from 42 yards in, we expect to be 100%. Beyond 42, okay, there's there's chances and there's things that are going to happen. But if we can be perfect from 42 in, that means I can tell our offensive coordinator that once we reach the 25-yard line, we've got three points. So do what you need to do to try to get us in the end zone. But you can bank on three if we've hit the twenty five and building that confidence with the kids. And and that comes from, you know, showing them film. Uh, One of the greatest things that we do during practice is is film. Uh, And it doesn't even have to be anything. I bring an iPad out there. The kids are disappointed if I don't bring the iPad to practice. They love to see what they've done. Most kids are visual learners. Um, and that's something that you don't even need a coach over there. Uh, I mean, we're lucky enough that we, you know, that, that Coach Romberg has allowed me to dedicate my time to the kickers and, and the punters and, and uh, holders and the snappers. But even if a team can't do that, send a manager over there with an iPad and let him film the, the, um, the kickers all during practice. Let them take a look at what it is they're doing. You take a look at it afterward. You know, when you sit down in the evening after you've had, you know, practice ends and you've had a chance to get some dinner and put the kids to bed or whatever, sit down and look at that iPad and see what it is. They did. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be during practice. Same thing with the app that you've got with simple kicking, the, uh, the ability for the kids to be able to see visually, yeah, look, this is what you're doing. This is, you know, these are the distances where you're consistent when you're inconsistent. This is the way that you're inconsistent. Um, and like I said, you don't even have to have a coach there hundred percent of the time. Um, all of these are things that can help a coach help kickers. And you know, a lot of them don't get help anywhere. And that's the college ranks too, you know. <laughs> did you have a kicking coach at LSU? Uh, no,
1: I mean, but <laughs> I, I didn't. I did not have a kicking coach, but what I was fortunate to have was a guy that understood golf. And he, and he, said, he said, you know, James, Freddie Couples, this is Thomas McGee. He, he's the special teams coordinator at the New York Giants now. And he was like, Freddie Couples, he's got all the power in the world, smooth power. And that's all he had to tell me was smooth power and that became my little buzzword
0: we have we we have little sayings that we have on the field all the time as well too um and you know like you said before the the thing that you'd learned about fred couples you know we have certain things one of the things that we do is we practice with college with goalposts and if the kids kick a kick and it is would have been good on a high school goalpost, but not on the college goalposts. We always say, uh-uh, not on my field. Um, and it's just a little feedback thing that they learn that, that you know, as they're practicing at those narrower posts, not only are they getting themselves ready for college, which is great, but they're improving what they're going to do on Friday nights in the high school game as well, too. Um one of the big things these days that's a challenge for any high school football coach, and it's not just kicking coaches, is keeping these kids focused on Friday night and not their college careers. Um, there's a whole bunch of them that are that are trying to get themselves ready for college and position themselves for college. something. And one of the things we keep talking with our kids about is the best way to position yourself for college is to succeed in high school. Uh, so let's stay in this moment here. Let's not worry about, you know, college scholarships or where you're going to go and whether it's D one or anything else. And all 2 too, so let's worry about succeeding here and the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. Um, but from a feedback standpoint, it's, it's reminding them. Uh, I mean, one, one of the things that, and this goes back to, I used to do this with Blake Gilligan. Um, Blake's now with the new Orleans saints as a, uh, as a backup hunter. He spent the year on IR, unfortunately, but punted at Penn state. And, um, one of the things I used to tell him was Blake, I need your attention for four minutes a night, four minutes figure you're going to kick eight times tonight on average, 30 seconds, eight times four minutes. I need a hundred percent of your concentration. The rest of the time we're out here, I almost don't care. <laughs> you know, do what you want, think what you want, be as loose as you want. That's all great. But for four minutes, I need 100% concentration. And when you break it down and he's like, well, wow, if you only need me for four minutes, that's I can handle that. Complete and total concentration in short bursts of time. It's it's not like being a quarterback. With a kicker, I if I can get you 30 seconds eight times a night – I, we can be successful. So it's just a matter of, of keeping them focused. And that goes back to what we talked about with this mental part before. Um, you know, getting them focused on the right things, getting them focused on for a field goal kicker, focusing on on that point where the ball is going to be, trusting that the holder is going to have the ball on that spot. Um I had a kid that missed a field goal a couple years ago. And I said, what happened? He goes, well, I saw the rush coming in from the left side and I went, why? You should never have seen the rush from the left side. You should have been watching this spot down here. And if you're watching that spot, the rush is irrelevant, not your problem. You know, that's the problem of the guy on the wing over there. That's got to stop that stops that out there. As long as you concentrate on what you need to concentrate on the rest of it's immaterial. Um, and, and and that's a lot different than a lot of other positions. I mean, you know, quarterbacks got to worry about, you know, where's the free safety? Are the linebackers moving? You know, what's the corner doing with these outside guys? You know, kickers got to worry about the ball. You don't have to worry about anybody else on that field except the snapper, the holder, and the ball. That That's it. So a lot of it is just getting their concentration in the right place.
1: I'm, I'm dumbfounded because – like you're not you've even told me you're not a full expert on kicking, but you have an expertise on connecting with a young man who's got pressure for wanting to get a college scholarship. And you calm that down by saying, hey, look, man, do the best that you can on Friday night. A kicker that is worried about the rush. Hey, man, just focus on the ball that is a skill to have. I mean, I feel calmer listening to this because I was that kid that on Thursday night, the night before a game in high school. And all I'm thinking about is what is a college coach thinking about me right now? So there's high school kids that are not being coached by you. What would you tell that kid right now? Who's more worried about his ranking or getting to college?
0: Um, Worry about rankings when you go to sailor or Coles or, you know, any of the other camps that are out there now, don't worry about it when you're playing high school football, you know, worry about what you're doing on that field. Worry about the success that you have helping your teammates being part of the team. Um, one of the things that I require of all of our kickers is that they do the exact same number of lifts that our offensive linemen are doing. Um, if, if, Wide receivers are out there conditioning, then kickers are out there conditioning also. Um, Don't ever play this, well, I'm only a kicker, so I don't need to lift or I don't need to condition or whatever else. You do everything that every other player on this team does um, because you are a player on this team as well too. Um, And that'll help them on the days that things don't go well. If you don't lift, you're not in the weight room, if you're not out there in the summer running with the rest of them and all that sort of thing, you know, you miss a kick, you're on your own. Um, They're going to turn on you so fast. But if you're in the weight room with them every day, if you're running every day, if you're doing everything that they're doing, you miss a kick and that's okay. You're a teammate. Um, And they know that you're putting in everything that you can, just like they are. Um, So it makes you much more part of that team. If you're doing everything you can. So worry about your own team worry about your relationship with the other players. Um, you are only as good, you know, for a kicker, you're only as good as that holder that's putting that ball down on the ground for you, uh, or the snapper that's getting it back there, or the guards or the tackles that are keeping somebody from coming up the middle and, and, you know, taking your head off as you come up, you know, for a punter, you're only as good as that snap that's coming back and the shield that's in front of you. Um, All of those things you are very dependent on. So don't ever think that you're out there, you know, it's all your skill and your abilities. No, you know, you know, as they say, football is the ultimate team sport. Um, And even with somebody with an individual skill, like a kicker or a punter is very dependent on the rest of that team. Um, So, you know, worry about rankings and stuff at camps. I'll I'll let Chris and Jamie and those guys, you know, worry about where they're going to put those guys. I worry about, You doing everything you can to help your team that you're on right now. And the rest of that stuff will take care of itself.
1: Does any of your advice really change even at at that level for the guys that come back from the college or the pros when you guys get together in the offseason?
0: You know, Harrison knows more about kicking now than I'll ever know in my life. I mean, somebody once said. You know, I was talking with his mom just, to, you know, a couple of months ago, we were in an event and, you know, I said something about working with Harrison. I said, yeah, in week one, I taught him everything I knew. And then week two, he started teaching me. Um, <laughs> but um, it's funny when we, when Harrison comes back or Blake or, you know, Charlie or, or, you know, any of these guys come back, you'd be amazed how little of it is about technique Or how little of it is about a specific skill that they need so much more but is about attitude and work ethic and mindset and and getting yourself in the right place and concentrating on things right yeah we'll talk a little bit about your foot placement here that sort of thing and all too but that's really very little of the discussion it's much more about mindset and and teamwork and things like that
1: and here's here's another thing we're talking so much about like the actual the the game the the kicking the the technique the mindset how do you keep it fun for the guys and keep it fresh i mean there's got to be some stories and some levity where you we've got we've got some fun that we can introduce in here
0: absolutely um we we have a game called Punt golf and we'll just pick a target that's you know 200 yards away or 150 yards away or whatever. And they'll play golf kicking at that target. And, uh, and they get into arguments about, you know, did you hit it? Did, did you, know, and I'm like, uh uh-uh, I don't, I don't keep score. You guys are the scorekeepers. You got to do it yourself. I'll just tell you where the next hole is. Um, They love playing punt golf. Um, And I understand, you know, Blake took it to Penn State. They played there. Alex took it to Stanford. Stanford now plays punt golf. (laughs) We've got a little punt game that we do where they start what we do called punt passes to each other, um, where you're 10 yards apart and you're just, you're kicking so that it goes directly to your uh, partner, uh, and then as that's successful, they get to back up more and more and more. And you know, we'll put four guys out there and let them do this with each other. And you know, if you drop the ball, then you don't get to back up and things like that. And all too. you know, we'll we'll aim at hula hoops. You know, we'll do all kinds. Of, we'll play a game called one post. I mean. It, the vast majority of those things that we do are still competitive and they're still using their skills, but it's not just the repetition of sitting there kicking on and on and on and on bizarre game that we play called defend the shed. Um, it's a, a kickoff drill where you know we set up a ball 60 yards away from this shed. That's at the end of our field where the, the uh, we store equipment and stuff. And uh, three guys will stand in front of the shed holding blocking bags or shields or whatever else they can get their hands on while whoever's practicing their kickoffs tries to hit the shed. And those three try to knock the ball down before it gets to the shed. It's a dumb game, but they have a great time doing it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think those are fun,
1: right? I mean, kicking – if you sit there and like we talked about and you just kick and kick and kick and kick, I mean, at some point it doesn't – It's just not as much fun. It's not fresh.
0: No. Right. And the more you do that, the more actually you get into bad habits because I don't, I don't care how well you concentrate. You can't concentrate for two hours on it. Um, and you know, for kickoffs, good grief. If you know, you know better than I, once you get above eight or 10 kickoffs in a day, you're don't have a lot of leg left. Not if you're doing them right. So that's about the max we'll ever do, you know, Mondays, we call our Mondays, our big days, you know, you don't go beyond more than about eight kickoffs, even on Monday. And then, you know, only six on Tuesday and then only four on Wednesday. And then Thursday, when we're doing walkthroughs and stuff, you might have one or two during walkthrough and that's it. Um, But that's the thing, you know, we'll, we'll start big on Mondays and uh, and gradually taper down, which is why Wednesday's usually our big day for games. Um, But we'll do other day, we'll do kicking games. We'll got a game called around the world where you start, you know, at the five yard line on the sideline, trying to, put it through the uprights which are now so narrow um, that that it, it makes for a very tight target to go through um, we'll I'll put chalk on the kids foot and watch where their their foot makes contact on the ball and we'll see who could hit the, the sweet spot the best um, using the chalk on the foot you know to learn where the where the ball hits. It's a great teaching tool, but at the same time, they have fun competing. Oh, you were off by an inch. I only missed by half an inch. And it's fun for them. It's it's competitive, but it's fun competition.
1: All right. So this is the stats of 957 high school kickers on the Simple Kicking app who have registered just over 15,000 kicks. And the colors are moving from left all the way to right. You have left, left middle, middle of the field, right middle, and right. Literally 50% of all kicks practiced by high school kickers are coming from the middle of the field. Does that happen at Westminster in games where you guys are attempting field goals from the middle of the field 50% of the time Um,
0: field goals, middle field practice or games. I'll bet we're, uh, and I can't, I'd have to go back and look. Uh, I'll bet we're 10 to 20%. And in practice, I can guarantee you it's no more than 10%. You know, one of the things we'll do in practice is we kick from the hashes. Uh, We'll kick from outside the hashes just to, to, um, to make it a little bit harder. Um, You know, with high school, hashes being a third of the field, you're almost never going to kick from the middle of the field. Um, Especially dead middle. Um, There's so much room for that ball to be outside of the uprights in high school. You know, there's 23 feet, four inches of upright and there's 150 160 feet of width of the field, 53 and a third yards, 160 yard, 160 feet width. So the chances that you're going to be in front of the upright. What 23 out of 160 talking about an eighth what 12, 13% that you'll actually be within the uprights. Um, Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So no, we practice, we practice from the hashes. Um, No, you know, I'm not saying we never do, you know, early in camp, you know the very, you know the first week or two, yeah. We we may just to get kids into the rhythm and get them get them back to kicking again. But once we start getting into our our full blown practices, once we've been there a couple of weeks, once we get into the regular season, we never practice from the middle of the field.
1: So when I look at this, and I hear what you say, how do we help kickers? How do we help coaches understand that? because this is what this this chart tells me. And you're a statistician. I've got uh, some, um, a background in stats. I have a master's in stats from Rice. This is what this tells me. A kicker puts the ball at the PAT. He hits a couple. And then he just backs it up sequentially five, ten yards from the middle of the field. Because as you'll see, and I will show this graphic on YouTube for those who are watching on YouTube for them to see... That the majority of the kicks practiced by high school players come from the middle of the field when Coach Sterno is saying that at Kicker U, the talent hotbed for kickers and punters, that they are spending most of their time on the hashes. Because you have about a 12% chance, realistically, to kick from the middle of the field in high school. So I'm a high school I'm a high school kicking I'm a high school uh, let's call me a defensive backs coach and I'm assigned to kickers. What do you tell them?
0: I mean it it couldn't be any more simple. You know, yeah, warm up from the middle, that's great. But practice your kicks from the hashes. You know, yeah, you know, this is not rocket science. <laughs> I mean this is you know, yeah. you know this is it, it's just not where you know, do you have your quarterback practice all of his passes from the middle of the field? <laughs> you know, good grief. I, I, you know, I watch our, our, you know, offense during team. And, you know, he's constantly yelling which hash to put the ball on. Left middle, left hash. Uh, and it moves on every single play. Well, why wouldn't you do the exact same thing with kickers? Why would you let them just practice from the middle of the field? Um the other thing that we'll tend to do is we don't even if you're on the right hash and you're practicing kicks from the right hash every couple of kicks you move move to the left hash. I don't want them getting used to being in a spot. Um the other thing that we'll do, I mean we talk about kicking off the pipes, you know, the the kicking wizard things that hold the ball. That's great for warm up and it's great early in the season when we're trying to once we get to You know, those last two weeks before the season starts and and into the season, put them away. We don't use them. Uh, Put a holder down there that's snapping the ball down. I want that kicker to get used to seeing that ball being moved from the holder's hand onto the block uh, and having to get used to the timing of that. If you use those pipes and can sit there and set the ball up and get it perfect and get the exact angle that you want and take your time, then backing up and getting your steps and all, too, good grief. There's a whole bunch of kids that could hit 65 yard field goals doing that.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I got kids that literally will kick 63, 65 yard field goals in practice if, if they get to set it up and use the pipes. Right. But put somebody down there snapping that ball down onto the block, you know, and you don't move until they slap that ball to, to put it down. Yeah. Suddenly that 65, is not quite as, as easy as it was before, but it's much more realistic to game situations. Um, and we we'll, there's other, you know, we, we've got one little drill and actually they hate it while they're doing it, but they love it afterward. We'll set eight balls on the field, you know, on the, You know, pick yard lines. It depends on the whether they're varsity or JV or whatever else. We'll put four on the 30 and four on the 35. And they'll go from right to left hash, you know, on each one. And they have 90 seconds using a holder, not using pipes, using somebody to hold the ball for them. They have 90 seconds to get all eight of those field goals off. Running from, and they have to alternate 30, 35, 30, 35, 30, 35, 30, 35, moving across the field. They have 90 seconds to get all eight of those balls off, and we see how many can do it. You know, is it realistic in the sense that that's what's going to be in the game? No, but it adds um, a sense of urgency. It allows them to say, wow, I got to do this quick. I, I don't get to just set this thing up and, 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 um, put it on the pipes and make it perfect on all too. Uh and it also it's tiring. You got to do eight kicks in 90 seconds, you know, running it from, you know, 5 yards up, 5 yards back, 5 yards up, 5 yards back. It's kind of tiring. Uh so, you know, what happens when you kick when you're tired? Um yeah. <laughs> you tend to get a little sloppier when you're tired. You tend to get a little sloppier when you have to kick urgently. So it gets, it just teaches them. These are things you've got to work on. you got to concentrate on. you got to think about if you're tired, you know, this is how you got to deal with things. Um, if you've got to rush on the field at the last second, which thankfully we don't have to do very often, you know, we call it going hot. We don't have to do that very often. You know, we try to save that time out or have, you know, come off that incomplete pass or whatever, but there are times that it's had to be done. This just adds a little bit of that stuff to the, the hardest thing for me to do in practice is simulate pressure. Um, there's nothing like the pressure of a game. And I don't care what I do during practice. It's virtually impossible to simulate pressure. We'll do different things. You know, when we get to the end of practice and the kickers have to practice a field goal, we'll let, you know, we'll put 14 guys out there to rush instead of 11. Um, we'll let them, we'll let other teammates stand around and scream and holler at them and harass them. Uh, to try to do something to break their concentration. We'll do things like, okay, if we miss this field goal, everybody runs gassers except the kicker. He doesn't have to run. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, Anything like that to try to add pressure to, to what that kid's going to go through. Because that's the one thing during practice that I can't simulate. I can't simulate what that pressure is going to be on Friday night.
1: Hey, it's James here to drop a reminder about Big Game USA. If you're looking to purchase kicker footballs, then this message is for you. Big Game manufactures footballs used by many high school and college programs right here in Dallas, Texas. To receive 10% off your order, please go to BigGameUSA.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click Kicker Footballs. The promo code is SIMPLEKICK2021 for 10% off your order. The second segment of this episode with Coach Sterno is specifically helpful if you're a high school kicker or coach. Sterno covers a game winning kick when his kickers begin warming up for games and a story of running into Pat McAfee. Enjoy the second segment on the Simple Kicking Show. For experience. And again, this is Coach Joe Sterniolo at uh, Westminster. private school in Atlanta Georgia he has coached greats like Harrison Bucker and I'm pulling up Harrison Bucker's stats from this season uh, that was through the first eight weeks and what we had talked about yesterday pre-show was PATs and you know Harrison has missed a handful of PATs and what you can see is these were missed wide left three of his four misses were wide left and even you can see his field goals are trending towards that left side of the goalpost. So if a kid's missing left, I bring this up for a reason, not because Harrison Butker misses, and he's a great example of a guy who misses, but how do you diagnose a miss? And then how do you help a kid quickly turn that
0: around? Well, one of the best things, you know, of having a charting thing like this is, um, If your misses are consistent, then it's obviously there's, it's not a fluke. You didn't just have a bad, you know, a bad swing at the ball or bad contact. If you've got consistent misses then then you're doing something wrong. Um, And if it's going to the left, you're either turning too much and pulling. You're not getting, you're not making contact while that hip's square, or you're hitting on the right side of the ball and coming across it. Um, There are a couple of different things, but it tells me right away, okay, there's two or three things that we need to look at here. Uh, whether it's squaring up the hip or whether it's that contact point on the ball, something like that. Uh, it's much easier for me if I see this than if I see a kid that's missing all over the place. If he's missing all over the place, wow, that's much harder to diagnose. Um, but the flight of the ball will tell kids a lot too. Um, they learn, you know, did they miss left because that ball went straight left. Did it hook left? Did it have a curve on it? When when it went up there, uh, was it an end over end kick, but a helicopter kick when you kicked it up there and all too, uh, the flight of the ball is very helpful in diagnosing what went wrong ahead of that. Um, you know, where did your foot finish on your follow-through? I mean, one of the things I've said is the follow-through itself isn't important. What's important is it tells you what happened before the follow through. It tells you what happened when you kick the ball. Um, so we talk about things like that. I mean, i you know, we have little tricks for getting that foot straight. Like, you know, I'll put my keys down a foot in front of the, um, in front of the block and say, I want your foot going over my keys. It's a visual reference for them to keep that foot from swinging as it comes through to keeping it on the proper, proper plane as it comes through. Um, And I'll even teach them, look, on game nights, if it helps you, pick up a piece of grass or something. And, you know, when you're lining up your field goal, pick up a piece of grass, you know, or the the chalk or whatever, and drop it in front of the block like that, a foot in front of the block. It's a visual reference of that's where your foot should be uh, rather than swinging through. You know, I've learned over the years that the vast majority of kids are visual learners. I know I am. You know, I'm much better if I see it than if somebody just tells it to me. Um, And I think the majority of us are. Um, So any of these little visual cues that you can do are great. And again, that's one more reason that that I love having film Uh, and and having it on something like an iPad where it's instantaneous. I don't have to film it and then wait, go back, look later and tell them uh, it's instant. You know, we can both go through it together.
1: So yesterday you were telling me that there's a well-known saying among uh, aviators that any landing you can walk away from is a good one. And most and most coaches, you know, high school coaches who may may have some fear in, in talking about kicking just say, I don't care about the ball crossing. Wherever it crosses the goalpost, it crosses the goalpost. No big deal. As long as it's good, it's good. So again, the quote was, any landing you can walk away from is a good one in reference to airplanes. <laughs>
0: yeah um yeah and that's you know and like you said there are kickers that think any ball that goes through the goalpost is a good kick no it's not not on my field right not on my field (laughs) (laughs) how did it go through those goalposts you know was it high was it straight was it hooking did it you know was it helicoptering was it you know knuckleballing up there did it you know, make it by two inches, you know, um, all of those things are diagnostic tools for helping a kid get better and having his kicks, you know, consistency is the greatest thing that we can get Um, and having him, you know, making that good, consistent kick. um, And all of those are are diagnostic tools of where did the ball go? How did it get there? What did it look like going through? They're not all good kicks. You know, there are bad kicks that happen to go through. Um, And occasionally there are good kicks that don't um you know you kick a 55 yarder on a windy night you may have hit it perfectly and gust of wind may have just pushed it out you know it just happens um you know like i said we expect to be 100% from 42 beyond 42 things happen that aren't necessarily you know entirely within your control i get that um like to think we can go back a little bit more you know we And with the high school rule, and that's the other thing that coaches need to remember is that the high school rule on field goals, much different than the college and pro rule. Um, If you kick a 55 yard field goal and you miss and it rolls into the end zone, it ball goes to the 20. Same as if you'd punted it from out there. And if it doesn't go into the end zone, it's dead where, where it is. Um, it, just like a punt. I mean, we always a field goal is just a punt that can score. Um, so we don't hesitate to try a fifty-five yard field goal. Fifty-five yard field goal means we're on the thirty-eight yard line. You know, so if I'm on the thirty-eight yard line, why would I punt from the thirty-eight? You know, the the chances of it being a touchback or getting it down inside the twenty, yeah, aren't that great. It's going to be a touchback. We're going to you know, we're going to gain eighteen yards. So why bother? Either we're close enough to go for. it. Um, or if we're not close enough to go for a fourth down, we'll kick a 55-yarder. If we miss, it goes to the 20 anyway. That's what the punt was going to do. Might as well take a shot at trying to get those three points. Um, uh, Blake Gilligan, <laughs> we were in a, in a playoff game. Um, it was his senior year, so it would have been 2015, the year we won the state championship. We're in a playoff game, and we line up for a 51-yarder right before the half, and – Uh, One of our linemen jumps, and now all of a sudden it's 56. And even on the 51, our head coach is looking at me and said, can we try this? I said, sure, let's give it a shot. Let's go. And uh, the lineman jumps out there. We get called for the false start. They move the ball back to 56. And I look out, and Blake's just rolling his finger, saying, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And sure enough, he hit it. Set our school record for a 56 yard field goal in the game. He had no qualms about trying, and I had no qualms. It's late in the half, you know. What are we going to do? Punt the ball, and you know, high school coaches need to remember that that the penalty for missing a field goal in high school is not that great. Um, when he lined up for the 51, just as he got re- just as we got ready, they call timeout. Um, uh, we, I teach our kids, if they call timeout, go through with the operation. Anyway, why not go ahead and take it? Don't, don't try to hold up. Don't stop. Do it.
1: So you're saying, even if they call timeout, go ahead and snap, go ahead and kick. Yep.
0: Absolutely. If they're waiting till the last now, if they call timeout before we've ever, you know, if we're not even close yet. Yeah, that's fine. That's one thing. But if we're lined up and they're trying that last second, freeze the kicker at the, at the last second thing, do it, kick it. That's just practice that you get on the field. So let's do it. So we lined up for 51. They called timeout. Blake tried the kick, missed it. We line up for 51 after the, t- the timeout. Um, that's the one where we fall started. He missed it. Back up to 56, and we go through with the operation, and he makes that one. So he had missed two practices before this. <laughs>
1: Hey, I have a question I haven't asked you before. Okay, pregame, you know, that's where there's a lot of rah-rah and, you know, rightfully so, getting the team emotionally ready and emotionally fired up. Um, What do you have your kickers do? Call it 10, you know, you guys have finished your warm-up and maybe kickoff is, let's say, seven minutes away and the clock is ticking. What do you have those guys doing? Are they in the locker room or are they going out to the field by themselves? How do you typically
0: have that? What we do is if kickoff is at 7.30 – Kickers go out on the field at six. Um, we'll spend the first few minutes out there just stretching. Um, one of the very first things that they're taught to do when we walk on the field is where's the flag? Find the flag on the field. Now, it's easy for at home. We know exactly where it is. If we're on the road. Sometimes we have to stop and look. And the reason I want them to look at the flag and know where it is is because at any time during the game, I want them to be able to judge the wind. Um, so we walk out on the field at six o'clock. And we'll start doing some stretching and looking for the flag. Um, and then we'll break up. The punters will move to one spot. The place kickers will move to another, whoever's doing kickoffs. And if kid's doing more than one, he'll rotate through them. From 6.05 to 6.25, we will practice those various things. Again, not too much. Uh, on field goals, you know, we'll start with, um, you know, we'll take two or three PATs. Then we'll back up to the, you know, 30 on the left hash. Then we'll back up to the 38 on the right hash. Then we'll back up to the, you know, 45 on the left hash. And then we may take one in the middle from 50 or whatever, just so I can get a gauge of what is his um, range is like that night you know, based on the temperature and his leg and various other things that are going on. Punters will do the same thing. We'll make sure they punt both ways. They'll punt into the end zone. Then they will switch and punt from the end zone back out toward midfield so that they can get used to what the wind's doing, knowing whether, you know, they've got to punt low or high or whatever into the winds. Um, kickoffs, because of the rules, were kind of restricted to doing them one way. Um, but again, each kid that will be doing kickoffs is probably only taking three, four, maybe five kickoffs. Um, uh, I, I don't even like doing five, three or four kickoffs is really all they need. Um, then they could kick on air. You know, I want them going through their steps and making sure they've got their steps down and kicking on air. Um, at six twenty-five, kickers are off the field, but the agreement that we have with the rest of our team is from six Oh five to six twenty-five, Nobody's in our way. And at six we're not in anybody else's way. Um, then the kickers will go over to the sideline. They'll set up the practice net. They'll, you know, uh, make sure that the balls that they want to use are, are ready and, you know, where they can be inspected and things along those lines. Um, and then about 645 or so, they're back out there. And they, after offense and defense have done all their warm-ups, we finish warm-up with a punt going out, a punt going in, or a punt going out, a field goal, and a punt going in. And that's the end of our team warm warmups uh, and then we're off the field by about seven o'clock and the kickers go off the field with the team go into the locker room and relax um, I'm not a big bra rah guy um, you know if you're not motivated to go play on Friday night you, there's not a whole lot that I'm going to tell you that's going to get you motivated you know me giving you a Gipper speech or whatever and all too nah, that's not my style um, and from there it's it's, it's basically, I'd rather they relax. I'd rather they, uh, you know, and well, you know, it's not that we don't talk, we'll talk or, you know, we're a private school we'll have a team prayer, you know, while we're in there as well too. And, um, you know, maybe remember an event from the week or something that happened all too. When we get out on the field, you know, we're waiting for the coin toss to see in the meantime, I'm talking with the kickers and, you know, let's just keep it relaxed, keep it fun. You know, what do we need to do tonight? You know, this is what we need to do. Let's remember that concentration for 30 seconds, you know, however many times I need, but, you know, just give me a hundred percent during those 30 seconds. Um, That's that's it. Like I said, I'm, I'm not a big rah-rah kind of guy. We don't, we don't need that.
1: But no punt golf, no, no punt golf in in pregame.
0: (laughs) no punk <laughs> off on game nights <laughs> yep, i mean we're no relaxed but we're not nights. that
1: relaxed <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> okay to finish this off because this has been so much fun uh you told me a story about running into pat mcafee
0: there was even more to that <laughs> this so is a great in 2005 uh hurricane katrina forced the sugar bowl to be moved from new orleans to atlanta um The Sugar Bowl was West Virginia against Georgia that year, and West Virginia was using our school as their um, practice facility for the week. And Coach Rod was – was coaching West Virginia then great guy um, and invited our coaches to be out there watching practice and seeing what was going on. And I'll do, well, the kickers are off on the side doing their thing. And and Pat McAfee was both kicking and punting for them at that time. So naturally I gravitate to the kickers and I go over and I meet these guys and I start talking with them and I said, well, you know, who helps you guys? And they went, well, our special teams coach is so-and-so and I'm like, no, I meant who helps you with, you know, like kicking techniques and things like that. And they went, well, nobody, you know, we were kind of on our own. Why? Why? What do you coach? I said, I coach kickers. I said, Oh, you have special teams. I went, no, I have kickers. <laughs> and McAfee was shocked. He was absolutely shocked that that was my job was coaching kickers. But he did say, well, would you mind, you know, watching me and you know, seeing this and seeing what you see? And, all and I went, no, I don't mind at all. And so I spent three days with McAfee and the rest of the West Virginia kickers, um, and you know, all during practice. So we get the game night, and actually, I was working for the for the SEC at that time, and um, so I'm on the sideline. I'm on the West Virginia sideline. My job is to get the players and coaches to their post game interviews. Um, so I'm hanging out on the sideline before the game or during the game, and McAfee runs a fake punt late in the game that pretty much seals the victory for West Virginia. And I had seen him practice it during the week. And he comes over to the sideline. He's hugging his teammates. No, too. He sees me there and gives me this great big bear hug <laughs> on the sideline at night during the Sugar Bowl. Um, so I run into him at a camp. Oh, I don't know, a number of years later after he was in the pros. And uh, he remembered. He, he's like – I I, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure he would have recognized me, but, uh, and I, I, yeah. When you were practicing at Westminster, he goes, you're the kicking coach. And he was shocked that there was a high school kicking coach again. Gives me another, uh, so a few years later, a number of years later, he's doing his podcast and he's interviewing Harrison Bucker from the chiefs. And I told Harrison, I said, Harrison, remind him that he went, that he, you went to the high school where he, um, was practicing for the sugar bowl that year. So Harrison told him that McAfee's first words were you had a kicking coach in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so he even remembered it then as well. So um yeah, he's he's a character. He he funny guy murder. Well, not much has changed Obviously. in 15 years,
1: yeah. right? I mean, not with that guy, not with the the rarity of kicking coaches. And here we have one who is, I can't, like you're such a Bill Belichick guy, which is, hey, players play, kickers kick, right? Like you won't take credit for this. So I will go ahead and just use my own words to say how I see it. This is the guide to kicker you this is the guy who helps the characters who want to become the best that they can be and you allow them on their journey to develop and to foster that development right there at westminster in atlanta georgia coach sterno this has been a blast having you on this is the first time you've been on and i hope it's not the last
0: well thank you jade i appreciate it i appreciate anything that we can do to help you know other kids all across the country get, get coaches to understand that there's, you know, things that they can do. Like I said, and it's not just the success on the field. Our, our kids have had, you know, they've gone to great colleges. Um, they're academic All-Americans. They're academic All-Conference players. And shoot, Blake and Harrison were named captains of their college teams. How often does that happen with kickers?
1: And then Harrison's also the captain of, he's named captain yeah. at Kansas City.
0: Yep. I mean, just the, the character of the kids that we have and what, what they want to put into it is great um you know like i said blake was an academic all-american blake's twin brother was our long snapper he's at northwestern um he registered there so he still played this year while he was a first-year med student <laughs> oh my gosh he's, he's a first-year a med, med student at northwestern and he's still the long snapper for for the for the uh football team it's remarkable um, the only one in NCAA that did it, you know. And Blake was an academic all-American. Charlie just made um, all-conference academic, um, all-academic team. Blake, uh, Harrison did it. These are kids that that have their head in the right spot, and and that's what I've been blessed with is kids that that are great character kids, great academic kids that that want to succeed on and off the field.
1: Incredible. That's incredible. And you know what? There will be people that will listen to this. And because you shared these stories, you opened up your playbook. There's coaches that are going to take pages out of this. If there's a coach, and that's actually a good question. If there's a coach that wants to reach out to you, it, what's the best way to do that? Are, can you be reached out by email of some coach from yeah. California or something like that? Yeah, okay,
0: sure. My school email is joes, J-O-E-S, at westminster.net. Okay, J-O-E-S
1: at westminster.net i'll also put that in the um bio here in the description so that if you have a question or you want to you know connect with coach coach sterno down the road feel free to shoot him an email and and he'll get back to you he's already gotten back to me on a couple emails so i can say that for certain
0: (laughs) (laughs) coach sterno Uh, there he there he goes that was that was fun well thanks james i appreciate it i appreciate everything you're doing to help (laughs) <laughs> to help promote promote kicking.
1: Yes. yes, you know, it's and that's what it's about like you said. I want to help people, right? I want to see this game
0: elevate. Yep. It's, you know, special teams are are 20% or more of all high school plays and probably 20% of the points that are scored. And um you know, what are we doing? You know, we, we aren't spending 20% of our practice time on it in a lot of places. So thankfully I work someplace, our Jerry Romberg, our head coach, uh, probably 20 to 25% of our practice time all week is spent on special teams. Um, he understands the value of it and that, it, and every game we go into, we are in a special teams advantage. So.
1: The only other guy that I know that is like that is, J- is John Harbaugh.
0: <laughs> with
1: Randy Brown right like he, yep. he he recognized I think at the Eagles early on when he was with the Eagles hey I need a I need a kicking guy mm-hmm. so John Harbaugh and Jerry Romberg, you are in the special teams. I mean, you're in the simple kicking hall of fame. <laughs>
0: so, I'll make sure Jerry knows. <laughs> oh, I will too. I'm sending him I'm
1: sending him a handwritten letter.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. Well, coach, thank you so much for this. I, I really had a blast. I sincerely appreciate it. This was this was so much fun.
0: Thanks, James. I appreciate it.